0: The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here.
1: This episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memories of Johnny Zazula, Howard Hesseman, and Meatloaf.
2: Welcome to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron.
1: It's time for this town to get down. You got Snowy, Doctor Snowy White, and I'm burning up in here. Woo! We're all in critical critical condition, fuckers. But you can tell me where it hurts because I got the healing prescription from the big R A M musical medicine cabinet. I'm talking your internet podcast intravenous care unit, fuckers. So just sit back, relax. Open your ears real wide and say, give it to me straight, Dr. Snowy. I can take it. And I almost forgot, motherfuckers.
3: Booger.
0: I wish I would have learned something by <laughs> Venus.
1: <laughs> well, when he dies, when he when Tim Reed passes away, we'll oh,
0: I'm over oh, for oh. that. That was fantastic. And dear listeners, if you don't know, Howard Hessman has passed away. He was the voice of Dr. Johnny Fever. He's been in a ton of other things that I have loved. I, I don't think I've seen a single show where I didn't enjoy the show if he was in it. How about you?
1: Um, yeah. No, this is... Um, this is... Ha- Howard has to been passing away. That was one of those um, moments. Like we do this all the time. Okay. Um, every episode, we kind of have to. Uh, when when someone pap when someone passes away, we we kind of do this dedication. But for the most part, um, very few times. And I hate. I'm not. I'm not being. Crass or rude or anything, but you know, a lot of times it it's, it doesn't really affect us because we didn't know the person personally. Unfortunately, we have had some uh, some former some radioactive metal alumni um, that that did that did pass away after they've been on the show, and that really hurt. Okay, because they were now a part of our lives. Generally. A celebrity, you know, doesn't really uh, mean much, okay? But with this one, with Howard Hessman, though, Dr. Johnny Fever from the amazing WKRP, that's important to this show because without Dr. Fever, honestly, there would be no radioactive metal, okay? Because I said, you know, right from the start, I... There's two influences. Every every band has that band before them that influenced them. Well, I had two influences to do this. One, the local Winnipeg DJ, the Big H, okay, Howard Manshine. He's been on Chris Jericho's podcast for a more in, in, international ID. If you've ever if you've ever checked that out, and of course Dr. Johnny Fever. Those these were the two guys that made me want to do this show when the idea was brought to me as well. Okay. This is one of the few times where I was talking to Mrs. Snowy and said, you know, I I just found out that Howard Hesseman passed away. She actually said, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, Yeah. You know, because like she knows that actually means something to this show. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So a little bit later on, we're going to uh, get into some various um, things. But before we kind of get there, uh, we should probably uh, start the show a little proper. I know we have we're doing something a little bit different, but uh horns up hi this is uh i am your host snowy white and you are
0: oh yeah (laughs) uh i'm aaron and um this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at true cold coffee Coffee dot coffee.com go there possess yourself a cup today subscribe when you subscribe not only do you not run out of coffee which is important with the apocalyptic weather that we've been having all over the country. The Northeast is getting pummeled. If you live in the Northeast and you're not subscribing to True Cult Coffee, how the hell are you going to get the snow out? Because there's nothing hotter than True Cult Coffee. You brew a cup, you sit it outside, your sidewalks are clear, and you can have a great cup of coffee. It's a no-brainer. So, True Cold Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. Possess yourself a cup today. What's going on there, Snowman?
1: Well, um, actually, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot going on around here for this show the last couple of weeks. We wanna say, you know, we wanna we wanna give our apologies to all of our regular listeners that just happened to notice the last couple of weeks. Well, there was no show. And that's just one of those situations where at first it was like, okay, we have schedules and life is just kind of interfering for that first week. The second week comes along and boom, it happens again. So we end up, well, okay, we hate it, missing one week. But two weeks in a row is just ah. I was kind of I I was crawling the walls to say the least. But um, fortunately, um, we are back. We're rocking and rolling. We've got a lot to talk about. For unfortunately, for all of the wrong reasons. But we do kind of want to start it off kind of on a positive note because today. As we speak, Friday, February 4th, it is Alice Cooper's birthday today. Yeah, I think he's like 74.
0: I'm disappointed because I was trying to have something, I was trying to quote a lyric. I'm like, oh, can I do Black Widow? If these words he speaks are true, we're all humanaries too. We don't pledge allegiance to
1: the Black Widow. There we are. Yeah, and then
0: I just blanked, man. I'm sorry. But yeah, (laughs) Alice Cooper. Happy birthday, Alice. Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. As well, a little closer to home, horns up and happy birthday to one Bob Reed, the vocalist of Razor, to which we're going to talk a little more about those Canadian thrashers a little later on in our conversation piece, which uh, we're going to, start to jump into the show because we do have a lot to talk about. Unfortunately, we lost, uh, two, two, two key Johnnies, shall we say this episode, I guess this episode is the tale of two Johnnies because first of all, as you heard on the top of the hop, we lost one Johnny Zazula owner and founder of Megaforce records. And you know, that is a label that meant so much to me you know as a teenager that i just there were so many of their releases that made their way into my my collection and it got to the point where not only megaforce but metal blade and uh, neat records and music for nations and fringe and all that that was when you you pick up a new record before you when you and you flip it over before you even look at song titles you look in the bottom corner to see what label it was on because then that gave you a better indication as to whether or not you're going to dig this and god damn it geez you know if it had that mega label on it you know it was going home with me sound unheard yeah you know and of course as we mentioned we lost one howard hesseman dr johnny fever as well so we're going to be getting in to a little bit of some megaforce talk some wkrp talk and as well you know what i might as well say this now before we get to the um to our uh, true cavalt coffee segment but um It has been announced May 13th and 14th here in Winnipeg at the Park Theatre. The Manitoba Metal Fest is going on this year. The first night headliners will be the Mighty Razor, okay, as well as Megaforce recording artists from back in the day, one of the originals, the Mighty Exciter. As well as Outer Tomb and Striker, all bands we've had, we've played their their stuff, and we will continue. Night two, night two, we'll see Cataclysm, Cryptopsy, Sunless, and Perlocation, all really awesome bands. And um, now, a lot of times during this during this particular festival, we bring in international talent bands from the US as well but with all of the covidness and all that going on um it just it's just it's, ju- it's just not happening but canada does have uh you know so many amazing artists that um a festival like this was uh was pretty easy to book and I'm really excited for a kind of a bad pun, for Exciter. Okay, because I've seen Razor Live, I've seen Cataclysm, I've seen Cryptopsy, okay? And I have seen Exciter too, but the Exciter I saw at the Noctis Festival in 2013 when we went out to Calgary and all that, it it wasn't the Exciter that I knew as a teen. Really, only guitarist Alan Johnson was the only remaining member of in that that particular lineup. Like I was stoked. I was front row and center to see Johnson play, of course. Yeah. But it just it just wasn't it just wasn't the Exciter that I knew. And finally, you know, and I discovered Exciter in 84, 85, okay? <laughs> finally, I'm going to see you know, the original Exciter. Really really excited. With that. So, um, yeah, yeah, May 13th, 14th, here in Weenie Peg. Go come check it out. Before we jump into tonight's episode, though, we're going to get into our mandatory metal segment, courtesy of the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee, and available right now, courtesy... Of prosthetic records, the debut record from death metalers Aboria, self-titled record, is uh, available now. So in honor of True cavalts coffee. Let's drop a track from a said record. This is Aboria, with false idols.
2: Very busy this week. Here's our metal fix.
1: Hey, dude. Hi, I got a fresh cup of uh, true cobalt coffee here in my clash mug. Why don't you tell me uh, what's going on?
0: Well, <clears throat> um, I thought of a meme that I want to see on the internet, and I'm very disappointed. The, the internet, I feel, has failed me and failed, you know, the world. Because we need a meme that has Neil Young at the top saying, I'm going to remove my uh, music from Spotify. (laughs) And we need, below it, two more pictures. One of Greta Thornburg saying, OK, Boomer.
3: (laughs) And the
0: second of Billie Eilish saying, who? Yeah.
1: (laughs) that'd be the world's greatest meme (laughs) actually yeah yeah i I can't believe well no i can what oh just just like uh, you make the mistake of actually reading facebook comments sometimes i don't know yeah i know i know and i i try to avoid it and all that but sometimes you get sucked into it and Uh, Someone once referred to it as a moment of weakness When you actually look at comments That's what it is Okay, and it's like, okay I was kind of I was was kind of checking this out Just like, the people are just uh, They're putting so much into this And they're so so, uh, Yeah, about the fact that Neil Young is pulling his stuff out of Spotify because of Joe Rogan And all that. I don't feel the need that that we need to to go through it all this because everyone knows what we're talking about by now.
0: Well, no, I don't think they do. Because here's what everybody knows. What everybody knows is Neil is pulling his music because there is misinformation on Spotify because of Joe Rogan. And if you read every article, that's all they ever say. They never address what the misinformation is. And and that that irritates me. So it's literally like just spreading a rumor about somebody that's not being looked into and everybody just taking it on faith, right? And now, if anyone wants to argue, well, he said this about this and this and about this, like, sure, we can talk about specific things if you listen to the show. But I, I talked to somebody today who was spouting off all this stuff about Joe Rogan. I'm like, oh, so do you listen to the episode? Well, no. So you don't know what's in the episode that you're talking about. Well, I don't need to because I know he's spreading misinformation because I know what he said. I'm like, but you just said you didn't listen to the episode. You
1: didn't listen to it, yeah. Right.
0: So to me, like trying to say that, um, you know, uh, that Joe Rogan is spreading misinformation, but you can't talk about the episode, is no different than the people in the '80s saying that uh, holding up on Gerardo a picture of an album, saying that it's satanic, right? Because of the um, cover, right?
3: We're oh, right.
0: sure. the same thing. So I mean, Neil, like that's an amazing strategy. Let's let's remove your songs about fighting for free speech, so people can't have free speech. Good thinking. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure. What 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 I took away from this is Neil's a dick. Well, well, I, I, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm in a mood. Concerned about it? No, then and that's fine. I'm really not that concerned about it. I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care for Spotify, and I I don't listen to Joe Rogan, and it's 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 millionaires fighting with each other. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's just when everyone is getting so passionate, and it, it, it's not just this situation, okay? Like, how, how, I don't know how many times, like, when I was just growing up and all that, but, and you you criticize someone's favorite music artist, and people just jump all over you and just totally defend this person to the death, and I'm just kind of like... You understand, this multi-billionaire pop star, okay, could care less if you live or die. Okay, I so I don't understand why you're getting so excited about it now because I've I've heard just all, all the time people bad mouthing metal and hardcore and punk and all that. And yeah. I just yeah okay all right whatever.
0: Well, it's pretty much what you do.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> that that's the one thing that's still okay to bad mouth. <laughs>
1: right right So my, my takeaway from all this is that I, I just don't care and people are wasting time caring about it and you know going on the internet and going back and forth about it and all that. like if, if I was given a choice, you can listen to Rogan's podcast or listen to a Neil Young song, I'll probably listen to the Neil Young song. Will I buy any of his records? No, okay, but I don't turn the radio off. When one of his songs comes on, like he's a good Winnipeg boy for starters. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So that's 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 kind of my takeaway from it. Come on, people, let's move on now.
0: Well, (laughs) here's here's my thing with it, right? So one, Neil lost me on the Sound City documentary where he talks about the Neve console. He's like, it's mathematically crisp. What the fuck does that mean? How is sound mathematically crisp? How is anything mathematically crisp? Like, what in the world are you making up, right? He just he just <laughs> spouts shit and makes it up, right? And this is also the guy who was famously driving around without a license. Um, and driving recklessly, driving in an unregistered car, driving while high.
1: Mhm okay and, that's where yeah
0: <laughs> you know pot smoke billowing out of the car and but now he has a problem with you know this podcast which i bet you he hasn't listened to i i i feel really certain he's probably never listened to it like i haven't listened to joe rogan more than one time since he went to spotify cuz that's not where get my podcast so you know Spotify did the exclusivity deal because they wanted to pull a lot of his listeners. And for anyone who's been following that, it didn't work. Like, um, Joe lost market share, you know, by, by going to a single platform. And, well, duh, you're gonna. Because if you take it away from where people can get it, that's like, oh, we're going to take all of this product out of every store except this one, this will be the only place you can get it, and then everyone's gonna go here, and this store is gonna have a lot of sales. No, you're banking on the fact that everybody can't live without it. Um, people can live without it.
1: Yeah, Hello. yeah. And when they gave them, was it a like a billion dollars?
0: I don't know if it's a billion, but it, it like I, it was a really good deal.
1: Uh, yeah. I right. mean, it's for
0: for somebody who's just doing what we do, yeah. You hundreds, know, it's like damn. Billions. But here's the thing: if you haven't listened to it. When uh, and, and and here here's here's the here's the other thing. When he has on other comedians, that's a different show than when he has on these doctors that people are saying that they're spreading misinformation. Okay, um, people like to write off Joe because he's a comedian. Like when this pandemic started, I sent an episode to um, one of my friends who works for the NIH. I'm like, hey, have you listened to this yet? And she's like, what, Joe Rogan? I'm like, yeah. She's like, the comedian. I'm like yeah, listen to the episode. Like he was talking to the head of I can't remember if it was the Infectious Disease Center, but it was somebody who was in charge of one of the disease centers, right? Okay. And and I mean like like for the, like in charge for the entire United States. So when the pandemic starts like, "Hey, let's talk about this. What's going on? What do we do?" And the guy I talked to him, I was like, "Here's how it probably started." You know. And you know he speculated it probably started in wet markets in China, all of that it, you know tracks and, and things because you know now we're allowed to, to talk about it. At the time you weren't allowed to you know ha- have have any of these things, and that's that's the bigger concern. We're we're going to go off on my soapbox here for a minute before I get to anything else metal because there's there's a few things that are weighing on me with this shit, but. The thing is, so he brings on this expert and they talk about it. this is before anybody knew anything. And the experts like, listen, these masks aren't doing anything. He's like, at best, they're going to reduce it by 20%, you know, like, but he's like the mask, especially like the hospital masks that, that are, um, you know, like, like the surgical mask, he's like, that's meant to keep the surgeon from dripping into his patient, right that's not meant to, to prevent the spread of infectious disease you know a, among the public like this He's like that's that's they're not going to do that like it might reduce it a little bit but it's not going to reduce it and the cdc even put that on their site at one point but then it came down and what's been in the news lately what's the only mask that really does prevent the spread of the disease like effectively
1: I'm, I'm hearing that the N95 mask. Exactly, is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
0: if, think about it. If you would have said that last year at this time, you'd be blocked from Facebook. You'd be taken down as misinformation. But now it's been a proven study. And there were experts saying that at the beginning of the pandemic because they were experts in their field. But that was misinformation because it wasn't going with whatever the narrative was. Ah. Uh-huh. Right. And isn't that what um, free speech is all about? It's having an open dialogue, right? And, and this is what I've said. Like, I 100% disagree with all the fucking hate speech, but we can't stop it either because if we stop it, we don't know that it's there, right? And so you've got to have the open dialogue. You've got to talk about it. You've got to debate these things. We've got to have the back and forth because that's how science and things like that happen, right? Like this stuff doesn't, doesn't happen in a vacuum. So, you know, think think about when the vaccine first came out. Oh, if you get the vaccine, um, you can't spread it and you'll never get COVID. That was okay to say online. If you would have said that you could still get COVID and transmit it, you would have been blocked from Facebook, right? Like like mm-hmm. that's, that's banned, that's misinformation. Can people who have been vaccinated... Get the vaccine and transmit it. Paul Stanley is proof. He's had it twice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right? Apparent, apparent, oh, well, apparently the vaccine isn't it. It's not a shield. No, it's 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 there that. OK, if you get it, it won't. It shouldn't put you in the hospital. And it, it's, you know, you.
0: But because, that wasn't the accepted narrative at the time. And so people were trying to stop people from saying that. And that's all Joe Rogan was because Joe, Joe did a thing on Instagram that I watched when he's like, listen, he's like, he's like where I need to get better is I need to bring on people with, um, the opposite view right after, because he does, he, he gets both sides of the thing. And that's why, that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about his podcast when he was on, on uh, iTunes. Um, because he'd bring in experts on veganism and just dietary experts. There are people that would say that there's no way that you can be a vegan and get the amount of protein that you need. And um, there's somebody who says, absolutely you can. And he brought them both on and debated the science. It was amazing. And the guy that said there's no way to do it ended up being wrong. He's like, okay, yeah, I kind of concede here, you know. Um, it be, so for, for people, they're just going, to well, Joe's spreading misinformation. He's spreading misinformation. He's just a comedian. Yeah. There are times where the episode is nothing but dick jokes, right? Because he is a fucking comedian. That's, that's, that's his main job. But when, you know, he's digging into a serious subject, like fucking astrophysics with Neil Degrassi Tyson. Oh, dude, dude, you should check out like, like the. The Neil deGrasse Tyson episodes, man, that is some serious science nerd shit. That guy is intelligence on just another level, right?
2: Right. And,
0: you know, he's published, you guys can find his books, all this sort of stuff. Like the one guy, the the most, I think the episode that was the most controversial was one doctor and I can't remember, oh, because this doctor was was, um, calling out other medical professionals like, well, what are we doing to treat this now? You know, and people say, oh, he's not credible. He's like one of the most published cardiologists, you know, currently. Like he's an expert in cardiology. He's an expert in keeping his patients alive. People who have heart problems were at high risk, right? So he's got concern. And he's like, well, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? What are we doing to treat it? And everybody's looking at him like a deer in headlights. He's like, we could have gotten ahead of this. You know, and that—that's really all he's saying. So, everybody wants to stop everybody else's narrative if it doesn't go with whatever the popular, um, the popular consensus is. Then they want to shut it down. As metalheads, whether you agree or disagree, um, you can't shut down that that conversation. Or you know what? Just fucking hand in all your records because. If that's what would have happened back in the, you know, the Senate hearings in eighties five, eighty six, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. where We wouldn't have any music if they would have won. But free, thank, thank goodness free speech won out, right?
1: Right. right. So
0: right. We, we've got to fight for these freedoms to have these conversations because nobody should be afraid to express an opinion.
1: No, oh, that I can definitely agree with. Every like everyone has has an opinion. A very wise man once said ha. E- Yes. E- e- <laughs> opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one and they all stink. Absolutely. All know who that that wise man? Right. Was yeah, yeah. So, yeah, at the end of the day, I did what's... some um, I'm continuing to do what's right for me and mine, and I hope everyone, you know, is is healthy and happy yeah. doing what they what they feel is right.
0: Well, I'll, yeah, I'll give I you a less yeah. controversial uh, example of the same behavior. Um, you've read the Harry Potter books, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Have you heard the accusations that um, J.K. Rowling stole the stories from another? author they were written like 20 years before her in the UK and it's uh, very similar.
1: Oh, I'm yeah, but George George Lucas could be accused of ripping off Flash Gordon well to, to make Luke Skywalker. My
0: point is I had a discussion with somebody that I was talking about the Harry Potter books and how much I love them. And he's like, oh, "Well, J.K. Rowling just stole that story." I'm like, "From where?" He's like, "From it." I'm like, Okay, well, how do you know? He's like, well, I read. I'm like, did you read the books you're talking about? Well, no. I'm like, have you read Harry Potter? No. Um oh, well, I, you you have nothing to yeah. talk about. Oh, no, no, I I read the article. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Like, like, go out, <clears throat> do the work, listen to it. Mm-hmm. You know? It's the same conversation I had with the girl that was freaking out over the family man cover in my um, Bible class back in the nineties.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Oh, that. that album is terrible oh my goodness oh this is awful i'm like have you listened to it and you know it took me five times of asking that before (coughs) she finally said no i'm like well then you don't know what's in there
1: then you don't have a say that's right
0: you don't know and that's the thing is like all these people that are up in arms about this misinformation nobody's taken the time to listen or to read everybody just wants to react and I, well, and I'm just, and yeah. and my thing is like, regardless of where it falls, we are getting dangerously close to losing free speech, and there are countries that are going way too far with the vaccine mandates, especially when when we're you know proving that it's really not doing that much. You know, <laughs> it might slow it down. It might keep some people alive. Um, and that's great, but that doesn't mean that everybody needs it, you know?
1: Uh, yeah. See, you, you, you can mandate the hell out of someone, but if people aren't doing the right thing and if they're not doing their part, it's, it's, it, it's pointless. It's, yeah. it's pointless. Like we got mandated to death up here and I'm like, okay, I do, I'm, I'm not seeing any improvement here. Yeah. Okay, so you you can lay down the law all you want. You can declare martial law. You can do this. You can do that. It's up to the individual to do what's right. And then sometimes that also breaks off into, well, what's right? Well, like I said, you have to do what's right for you at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: All right. But enough of that noise. Earthless. Have you heard of this band?
1: earthless yes they're not big on my radar but yeah i've no i know i know of them good stuff
0: okay i have to find their latest record on vinyl first of all it's like three songs four songs so i thought it was an ep um i was wrong because like one song is 16 minutes
1: <laughs> I was gonna say yeah it's probably about 45 minutes so. yeah
0: yeah i'm like oh wow but so it's called Night Parade of 100 Demons.
1: Uh-huh. Dude, it's
0: fucking great. Fucking great. Like, I, I love it. I love the way it starts. I love how it gets heavy. I love the artwork. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I really need this stuff. So, but then um when after that album ended, the autoplay in my uh, iTunes music, or uh, what do we just call it? Apple music now. Um, took me to Bong Ripper, who I believe we featured on this show,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then all them witches in some band called Arctic. So, wow, was that a lot of good stuff? Like I've I've got a lot of great music lately. Oh, have you heard of the last ten seconds of life?
1: Yes, uh, yes, another one again. I know yeah. who they are and when what they're all about, just not having spent a lot of time with them.
0: Self-titled release just came out a couple weeks ago Probably as we record this. Um, dude, again, killer. Really, really digging the riffs, the breakdowns, all that sort of stuff. I'm digging that. Right on. Alright, then let's talk about uh, Vinyl. I was at my local record shop here, Monster Music. I picked up um, I picked up a Misfits 7-inch. Oh, actually, I think I sent you a text about that. What do you know about um, bootleg vinyl? Like, how well, do you identify it?
1: Uh, different artwork. Very, very poor artwork.
0: Well, but this is a 7-inch. I don't know anything about the Misfits 7-inches. I think it's live, and but when I pull it out, I mean, it, first of all, it's the Misfits. So uh, can you really tell the quality of the artwork? You know what I mean?
3: Because
0: right. that's part of the charm. But there's no label on the 45. I don't yeah, even know was... if it says A or B. I'm like, <laughs> man, are these bootlegs?
1: Probably. Probably. Yeah.
0: And so, I yeah. mean, I haven't gotten given it a spin yet. I need to. But I was like, oh, wow, I can't wait to talk about this on the show. Right. Um, And now, for more music, not exactly metal, but I am sure you're familiar with Run DMC, correct?
1: Of course, yeah.
0: All right, so Daryl McDaniel was on, I think he was on Let There Be Talk, and I think it was 2021. I mean, who knows at this point. But I remember hearing him on there, and he introduced himself on the show, and just out of the gate. This guy's mind is on a different level with words his command of the english language how he can recall it at will and rhythmically rhyme is it's a modern miracle to me right
3: mm-hmm.
0: so he put out a kid's book called daryl's dream oh. and it's fantastic because he actually talked about like you know his his childhood on um dean's show you know on let it be talk and um he basically wrote a kid's book about the same thing, about being in school, kids picking on him, and then um, he talks about, you know, he has this dream, and, you know, basically the dream tells him to be himself, and so he ends up doing the talent show and reading his rap to these kids, and it's just a fantastic, and I mean absolute fantastic um, story to like basically tell kids, like, hey, follow your dreams. People are gonna hate you, and get a thick skin, and you'll win them over. You know.
1: Good advice. Good yeah, advice.
0: yeah. It, it's it's really fantastic. <clears throat> like I I saw it. I took a picture of it. Sent it to um, quite a few friends I know with young kids. I'm like, hey, your kids are younger than mine. I think you need this. Um, it's good idea. good idea. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> honestly like i bought a copy for myself i'm sitting here flipping through it right now like i i you know being just the fan of music that i am like i have to have that because i mean it's fucking run dmc
1: right right. and he's fantastic and and it was run dmc weren't they the band that discovered aerosmith and put them on the map
3: yes just
1: just like i don't know was it machine gun kelly that no, who who was it last year that did the duet with Ozzy? Oh,
0: Post Malone helped uh, g- gave gave Ozzy a bump. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is why people shouldn't be allowed on the internet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so 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 here's the thing. Facebook has a war on misinformation, but nobody nobody tried to take those posts down, did they?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't
0: don't sit here and tell me that, you know, you're worried about misinformation where you're going to let people believe that um Post Malone came out and is helping Ozzy Osbourne.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: we're so worried about misinformation. Like cuz those assholes probably believe it.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, there there are yeah, there's um, some not what's the generate? what's the kids kids like not Millennials but kids that are 12 13 14
0: I think that's called generation Z but those oh, kids aren't okay. even 12 13 14 anymore like some of them are entering the workforce
1: oh okay okay because I firmly believe like the the, the next like that 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 doesn't exist this generation Z is no no because the jet ge- like the generations are it's it's all about parentage like we as gen x our kids are the the generation after us okay is are the millennials so the next generation will be their kids it's just like as gen x the generation before us were the boomers okay I feel so like this, the this boomers
0: this was is like it, a long generation though um
1: well
0: it's i feel I feel like that was a bigger I don't know, because cause, cause every now and then I discover this. And then it's, it's interesting, because I had a friend at work who was really, really big on being a millennial. And, um, you know, depending on what you read, they'll say that millennials start in 1980. And he's always convinced that it doesn't start until 1986, the year that there's, he
1: was born. There's, there's no tried and true date. It's generational, not... It's you know there's no starting line to it. It's.
0: I think you're spreading misinformation. I'm going to need you to stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> We're going to be taking off all our all of our platforms. Can, cancel Snowy. We're going to
0: cancel ourselves. <laughs>
1: cancel,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> I actually yeah. thought it would be fun to start like an Instagram or Twitter channel. You only spread misinformation, but yeah. I don't mean about the virus, right? I I mean like like make up ridiculous things, like um, you know, shares hit single, uh, toxic waltz was number one <laughs> on the Billboard charts for three weeks in 1981.
1: You know, <laughs> right on. You know,
0: yeah. sh- shit like that. You know, like just just. Things that are just uh, things that will make many people's heads spin and just to be stupid, you
1: know. Okay. Well, there's a future discussion right there. Yeah. <laughs> Our I own be funny. personal brand of misinformation. Uh, well,
0: it's, and I, uh, my, the same buddy that insists that uh, millennials uh, only only started the year he was born um, used to tell me kiss facts. And and they were just amazing. They were just amazing. Like I had to write some of them down. They were so hysterical because he, he was a mastermind at pulling so many things from so many timelines. Um, I'm just trying to follow him like, I don't even know how he landed here. But this, this is a masterpiece, you know. But last thing, remember, um, honestly, it's probably the last time we spoke. But uh, remember when I talked about Cobra Kai and the Exodus reference?
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: um, the guy that plays Johnny, um, William Zabka, the the actor, um, I happen to be flipping through a guitar magazine. Turns out he really is a rocker. Like, like, because like his character in this show is like, like they would go to a Twisted Sister concert and he's always playing like all this 80s metal and rock and, you know, hair metal and stuff. And he really plays guitar and, you know, like fair, apparently fairly seriously. I was like, wow. So I just thought that was really cool. You know, it brings that full circle, but I will now climb off my soapbox. That's all (laughs) I got. What's going on with you this week, man?
1: Well, I'm going to give you a little confession here since you mentioned Cobra C-Cobra Kai and yeah. all this. Okay. Would you
0: watch it finally?
1: No, no. That's my confession. I've never seen a Karate Kid movie. Oh. Okay. And I have no idea. Like, okay, I know who this Cobra Kai is and what they all are. Never seen a single episode yet.
0: Well, since you've never seen a single episode, I think that you need to just go on the internet and start telling people how much violence it spreads. <laughs>
3: I think, I think and just, so. just make make yeah. shit up, like, like <laughs> actually do
0: it right now because this will be great. Then we can use it for a soundbite later.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're all going to hell. This is too violent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just you saying that after I think about you, you love the band Violence, and just after. 90 percent of the valentine's day episodes you've done <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: oh, oh. No, you know uh, what? that's what we should do for this valentine's day let's cancel ourselves <laughs>
1: there we go Do do everybody a favor for oh my, my god
0: i can't take it that's so good
1: for my mental fix here i hit the record shop Okay, picked up some two really cool vinyls. The first one I'm going to talk about is uh, I found a vinyl copy of the original soundtrack for Demons 2. You'll recall last year. The Electric on this
0: Boogaloo? Show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You'll recall last year I found the original Demon soundtrack, which of course was done by um, Goblin okay
3: Which yes. we've
1: you know we've put that band over on we've played we've played their stuff, had had the main man on the show, uh, you know talked about them up up teen times unfortunately though, um, and not that it was a deterrent, but demons 2, the music this time round was composed by Simon Boswell okay and it's just it's basically the idea of the original soundtrack and because like the movie itself the two you know it's basically kind of the the same idea you know the demonic possessions being transferred to one another and all that like you think omnicron is bad okay dude check out the demons movies holy shit dude so (laughs) speaking
0: of demons are you familiar with all the different pronouns and things?
1: For what? Like, well, what so
0: it's it's like a thing now that people are saying their preferred pronouns. Like I would say he, him.
1: Oh, oh, that's what you mean. I thought you were talking about like demons and pronouns. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm like, getting there. Trust oh, okay. <laughs> me, we're tying this back to demons. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean by pronouns.
0: So um, there there are people that want to go by they and them and for anyone who's offended by this it's okay i forgive you because like i'm not making fun of that but anytime i hear you know somebody think they and them i am automatically because of all the horror movies we've seen oh. our entire life i think demonic possession i think we are legion <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not quite the same, but okay. when they say like,
0: I prefer they. I'm like, oh, how many are in there? <laughs> you know, like, because because like that's that's where my mind goes as somebody who's seen horror movies, you know,
1: like, Ooh, oh, you're, for you're sure. possessed. Uh, never, I never I never even thought of that. Never even thought of that. Yeah. I'm
0: disappointed. You should have been the first one to think of it. <laughs>
1: What was really cool about this record is the the two movies and all that were called Demons here but in Europe where the movies originated from and you know particularly Italy they went by the names Demone, demon with an i at the end well this soundtrack is the Demone 2 soundtrack right here in my hot little nice, fist so dude. I think yeah
3: awesome. I
1: think that's really really cool and this other record I picked up, this album, dude, is more than thirty years in the making, shall we say? Okay. Yeah. I picked up a new slash old record from the Canadian death metalers Slaughter. Now this is up where, all right. night,
0: <laughs> Stop sleep that. all day. Stop
1: that! That is totally blasphemy. That is total blasphemy. Okay, as you recall, and I've said it on are the show, are you going to cancel
0: me for misinformation?
1: That's right. That's right. You're misleading <laughs> our listeners because we're talking about the real slaughter here, and of course, the real slaughter are the the Canadian death thrashers from the 80s. That of are, course are any basically. of their last
0: names Slaughter?
1: No, no. I, I feel
0: like Mark Slaughter might have something to say about you calling them the real slaughter.
1: <laughs> well. You know what? I really don't think Slaughter is his real last name either. I don't right. think Sergeant Slaughter, I don't think that's his real last name either. Oh, but come anyways. on.
0: We wouldn't be spreading misinformation <laughs> about people's last names.
1: Anyways. Anyways, <laughs> as as you know, and as I've said this on the show many times before, the the, the Canadian Death Slaughter, okay?
3: Yeah.
1: And by now... If you're listening to the show, you got to know who this band is and everything that what they went through with the legal mumbo jumbo with the with the American hair metal bands taking the name Slaughter and all that, forcing the real Slaughter to change their name. Okay? They changed they they changed it to Strapado, which was the name of Slaughter's debut record. Okay? Which is that classic Death Rash record that you know to this day I still frequently crank it and I've been loving it for 35 years now. It's 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 absolutely amazing. When they had to change their name to Strapato, they released their own they released an album under that moniker called Not Dead Yet. Okay, which I still have that Strapato record. Well, it's it's on cassette, I still have. That down in the snowy vaults, because to me it was it was a slaughter album. They just had to change their name due to bullshit. Okay. Fast forward years later. Okay, just recently, courtesy of the good folks at High at High Roller Records, Strappado's not dead yet has been released on vinyl. Under the original Slaughter name
3: Nice
1: the, the lineup is the same The artwork is the same The title the title tracks They're all the same But instead of Strapato, It says Slaughter Across it And I got the vinyl in my hot little fists I want to say hello and horns up To Brad from Eye and Ear Control Who did all the grunt work To track this record down And when he said hey you know, we've got copies of this. I'm like, eh, hold me one. I'm coming down. You hold it to me and I'll tell a whole lot of pretty girls an awful lot of nice stuff about you. And all that. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yes, a record more than 30 years in the making. Slaughter's is not dead yet. I'm fucking giddy. This is absolutely amazing. We have to have Dave Houston from, from Slaughter. On the show, just just to talk about this record and to deep, deep dive into this trapado record.
0: Well, I think well. To, to make sure we don't get canceled for misinformation, we should also have Mark Slaughter on to prevent, pre- present uh, his views.
3: Yeah,
1: okay. Uh, yeah, I don't see me doing that. I feel
0: like that's important.
1: <laughs> no, no, we have had Mark Slaughter on, but our former co-host... Rock. He he spoke to him and I'm glad I wasn't part of that conversation.
0: Best I can tell, um, Slaughter really is his real last name.
1: Okay. And I, I'm kinda
0: disappointed that he didn't start a death metal band.
1: <laughs> you think you would think so, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm totally stoked about these these two records. Something coincidentally As well, going to be available later on in near the end of February, courtesy of the Toronto independent label Cursed Blessing. Okay, we're going to go back a bit to 1985, October 23rd, or November 23rd and November 24th. Okay, DRI and COC, Corrosion of Conformity, did two shows In Toronto, okay, support, the local support, although they had albums out, they, you know, and they are now gaining national attention and all that, support for the first night came from the Canadian thrasher Sacrifice. The following night, the 24th, support came from the aforementioned Slaughter on these two monumental gigs. Now, unbeknownst to really anyone at the time, some some sneaky fan, okay, and this goes back to the old live tape trading days. Someone had their Walkman, okay, brought it into the club and recorded both sets. And these tapes kind of survived all of these years until, they got to the attention of Cursed Blessing Records. And as I said, near the end of February, Slaughtered Live in 85 and Sacrifice Live in 85 will be available. The digital promos to these records came across my desk. Dude, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Okay, because it... It sounds, and it's going to sound like that way on vinyl and all that. It sounds like those glorious tape trading days, live the 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 whole lot live tape trading days. Did they
0: that. clean it up at all? like did do, do they add any?
1: I don't think so, okay. <laughs> I don't think so, and i i I would really want that's basically what I want. one of those live tapes, slap it onto vinyl get it on my uh onto my turntable yeah and I, th-
0: this is where I'm a snob like <laughs> i i'm I, I can't listen to something that's just noise
1: <laughs> well no like you you can make it out it's just the production is really crappy I but-
0: can handle crappy production but if I have to work at figuring out what it is like it's not doing me any
1: good oh no no if you're familiar with the music like you 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 would definitely. You definitely know what's what's going on.
0: Man, I can handle.
1: Okay, well, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And we're definitely, we're going to play a song from, I guess we'll do the slaughter.
3: Up all night.
1: Okay, see, I'm going to cancel you, all right. I'm going to put my fist right through the internet. Here. I can't,
0: I can't help it. <laughs>
1: Another really cool band that came across my desk. I believe it's available now, courtesy of the good folks at Prosthetic Records. The British, very, very intense hardcore band, Pupil Slicer. Recalled last year, their full-length debut, Mirrors, came out. While they're back at it, they have a brand new single, Thermal Runaway. Really, really good stuff. I'm glad to see like they uh, they 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 got something. They, they jumped on it, got something else out right away. So we'll uh, we'll uh, play something from them. But to start this off, let's drop some tracks here from that amazing "Not Dead Yet" record from Not strapato anymore. But Slaughter, let's go with the title track. This is not dead yet. Fuck you, Mark Slaughter. Is the very intense pupil slicer on that name alone. Like, holy shit. Talk about going for the jugular. That was the new single, Thermal Runaway. And before that, from that what's going to be that new live slaughter album, Live in 85, that was Tortured Souls. That's one of the original... Songs that I discovered Slaughter with just way back when, even before I picked up the Strapato album, they just had a seven inch single with three songs, Nocturnal Hell, Side A, Tortured Souls, and another song on uh, on Side B on it. And so when it came, as I was giving that record a spin, it's like, well, what are we going to play? And it's like, well, you know what? Got to go with Tortured Souls, one of the original OG Canadian death metal songs shall we say good stuff good stuff can't wait To pick that stuff up on vinyl. It's going to be so exciting Unfortunately though in amongst The metal world and all that it's definitely hasn't been a very exciting time because um We lost one Johnny's Azula
0: that was that was definitely a shocker <clears throat> i just didn't see that coming
1: yeah well his wife Marsha had passed away last year oh shit that's right and i remember we gave her a lot of time on this on this program talking about her and her relationship and just everything with with megaforce and all that and they say okay that when a couple has been together for so long and someone passes away, no one is really surprised when just a few years later or whatnot, the other mate passes away. Just, and they attribute it to, well, they haven't gotten over the loss of, you know, of their yeah. significant other. Now I attribute it to old age, you know?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you gorgeous. know, like, like it, I, I, I've, I've seen it both ways, right? Like, my, my grandfather outlived my grandmother by a very long time. Okay. Um, but then, like, my a friend of mine, her parents died within 16 months of each other. That kind of thing.
1: Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just know that if something happens to me tomorrow, you know, I just I don't want Mrs. Snowy going anytime soon.
0: Well, she'll have to at least go out and bury you because she probably killed you.
1: <laughs> probably, you know, if you pass away <laughs> tomorrow, um,
0: I, I'm not saying anything because she's a wick witch and she'll curse me or something. So, you know, the secret's safe with me. <laughs> but chances are, she killed you.
1: <laughs> uh, probably, <clears throat> <clears throat> probably, probably. On that note, I thought maybe.
0: Yeah, and we we're not take- saying you didn't deserve it. <laughs> you know? Of course
1: not. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we're gonna pay tribute to the Zulas now, just kind of by going over like some of our favorite releases, albums, songs, just what what have you from the mighty Megaforce Records. What's what's your idea of like? I I don't want to say. The, the ultimate Megaforce release, but it's just what's, what's one of your favorites?
0: Well, one that comes to mind immediately, and this is very possibly blasphemy to a lot of people. But I am going to say, um, and I had it on my tongue, but M.O.D.'s Gross Misconduct.
1: Ah, okay. Why would that be blasphemy? That's a great record.
0: Uh, well, there are some people that felt that that was kind of uh, because the gross m- misconduct that's the one with the the shark and the judge and all that sort of stuff. Uh, there were people that felt that I think that was like too cartoony or not serious hardcore. I love it.
1: yeah, the record before that, if you want if you want to talk about the goofy hardcore, I would think you know, gross misconduct was getting a little more serious. So I don't know what these people were talking about. Holy shit. And you're right. It's an absolutely fantastic record. And I'll never forget the video for True Colors, the first single when they were were totally taking the piss out of hair metal and all
3: that. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. uh, Now you've got me thinking. I think, I think tonight when we're done recording, I'm going to go fire up the YouTube and go check. Out that video I'm glad you mentioned M.O.D. because on my list here the the mega force shout outs I got M.O.D.'s USA for M.O.D. the debut the the debut record and it's just like oh like that very tongue-in-cheek very tongue-in-cheek and there's 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 a lot of stuff that made you laugh okay and then there was a there was some you know there were some opinions and ideas on that record that no doubt came from Billy Milano himself you know which is just complete and utter ignorance imported society and the aid song Ainley inflicted death sentence well it's like fuck but it, that it, it, it was it, the, it, the 80s
0: well but they were also smart asses
1: oh the, for sure
0: like like they for weren't sure. being serious Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like they but, they were uh, th- this was satire at his best. I mean, could you imagine if somebody tried to do that today? Lord, that's
1: what I was going to say, like how how yeah. quick Okay, those songs wouldn't even make it onto a record today.
0: No. No people are like no, we can't put that out.
1: Yeah. You
0: yeah. know, and then it, For an If they did, do you know what they would? they would say that he's a Trump supporter, which he's definitely not. <laughs> you know, but it, but if they put out a record like that today, oh, you must support Trump. That'd be the first thing everybody'd say.
1: Probably, probably. I don't know. Like Milano, is not. It's been a while, but he's he can sometimes have some right leanings. But at the end of the day, it's still it's still a memorable record. And it being being a a crossover fan. Okay, it was like that. That that record particularly was right up there with DRI and Krosno Conformity and and all 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 those crossover bands. SOD, you know that that in itself is a the the Stormtroopers of Death. You know, speak English or die. That that record is a classic as and well. That,
0: yeah, that record is just a masterpiece.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised. M O D, great stuff. Great stuff. Earlier today, on this very episode, at the beginning there, I mentioned Exciter and how excited I was they were coming to town for for uh, Manitoba Metal Fest because their second record, Violence and Force, and that that's the record that I discovered them with, and it was shortly after I went metal full time when I'm just, I, I, it was the new toy. This is something brand new. I just I just heard Venom. Okay. And all of a sudden I'm 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 now actively seeking out more of this great stuff. Yeah, I've already had Death Leopard and Van Halen and Run Runaways and Slade Records in my collection and all that. But run, run all away. of a sudden Oh, for sure for sure all of a sudden though there's this whole new world opened up and as soon as i opened up that door one of the first records waiting for me was exciters violence and force now of course that was available in canada through the banzai records and then they when they picked up the license from megaforce and all that so yeah it's it's originally a uh, a metal forest record and it's it'll always it'll always be a special record to me and i can't wait to hear the original lineup playing some tracks from that as a matter of fact i'm gonna grab one of the guys aside and say hey how much of Violet and forest are you guys playing tonight i might not let you on my stage if you don't let's put it this way so Yeah, yeah. Exciter! And if you aren't familiar with a lot of their back catalog, the first three records, man, go and check them out tonight. What about you, dude?
0: Well, this one is more recent. And when I say more recent, within the last, I guess, (laughs) 11 years? Okay, Um,
1: that's really recent, then.
0: Yeah. But so... Um, and it's three records released by one artist at the same time, <clears throat> and I I love these records, and I I even got to interview this this uh, artist for uh, Iron City Rocks at the time, um, but it'd be Hank three with um, Ghost to a Ghost Gutter Town," uh, "Attention Deficit Domination," and my personal favorite, and this it's it's a tough album for some people to listen to, but. Three Bar Ranch cattle calling. <laughs>
1: okay, and I, I think I know of what you speak. Oh
0: yeah, I lo- I love those records. But the cattle calling was one of my favorites because he went out and found auctioneers and basically put grindcore to it.
1: Right. Okay. Then we are thinking of the same. Oh thing yeah. Now.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah.
1: One of life's little joys. It's the little things in life that count. Okay. Talking talk to a boomer, especially if they love country music. And <laughs> tell them all about Hank the third.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, Hank, Hank three oh, is amazing. great. Uh-huh. Right on, right on, right on. I'm actually surprised, like right off the hop, and maybe you were building the suspense. Yeah. Maybe you were leading up to the main event. I couldn't decide between Metallica's Kill Em All or Ride the Lightning. Like, which, which one I prefer because at, on any given day, okay, my favorite Metallica record is either Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, or Master of Puppets. And it all depends on what side of the web I woke up that day, you know.
0: Puppets is always going to be my favorite, mm-hmm. but if we're choosing between Kill 'Em All and Lightning. It's a very, very hard decision. It but is, it, but it will be lightning because of the memory I share of that album and uh, riding with my grandmother. Ah. Oh. Because I t- to this day I can still remember. It's a dark night. Um, my sister and I think I think I've talked about this in the show, but my sister's got a lot of allergies, and. Oh. Um, she was developing food allergies when nobody else had food allergies. You know, like, she'd, she'd drink Kool-Aid and throw up, because she, it turned out she was allergic to red dye number five. You know? Okay. So, um, all these people that want to be like, oh, I have a peanut allergy. Whatever, pussy. Like, like <laughs> you don't even know what my sister's gone through. Oh, 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 oh. You know? But, um, I digress, and there were Like, this is the 80s. You couldn't get anything that wasn't processed or didn't have artificial colors, right? Mm Oh, yeah. So uh, so, um, I went with my grandmother. And at the time, it was a very long drive because, you know, highways have changed since. But we're driving. It's rainy. It's dark out. And, you know, we've got the um, cassette player in the LTD Ford station wagon. And um, I pop in, ride the lightning. And um she absolutely loved fade to black
1: of course yeah
0: you know but my grandmother's pretty hip you know um she always supported the music that i liked that i wanted to play that i listened to and um part of it is because she would always get in trouble for swinging the church hy- church hymns when she was a girl like that was blasphemy when she was a little girl so she okay. got it you know
1: <laughs> that's different
0: Well, I mean, this is the 1920s, right? Ah, yeah,
1: yeah. With 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 me, okay. You 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 could tell like like Kill 'em All and Ride the Lightning and all that. Where I'm, I'm not saying they're that radically different, but there was kind of a shift. Oh,
0: there's a big shift
1: with with Kill 'em All. Like you had these these. These straight bangers, yeah, okay, just fucking thrash till death, and I totally get that. With "Ride the Lightning," these the song arrangements change,
0: yeah. Well, and that's that's Cliff Burton, right? That's the Cliff Burton influence. Mm
3: -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, the
0: the first record is very, very Dave Mustaine,
3: right?
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. And he, Mustaine will be the first one to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but the song, the, so the, the 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 song arrangements kind of changed and they they had a pattern. You know, this song will be the first song. You know, this this is what the second one will be like. This is what will the third one will be like. Yeah, And they kept that pattern from ride to master to justice. Yeah. And I was good with that. Now because it it you know yeah okay they 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 had their own pattern, but it was their pattern, right and they 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 weren't taking it from anyone else and it wasn't getting old.
3: yeah, I completely
0: you know? agree with that
1: for sure for, for for sure you just you you knew you knew what you knew you were getting, you knew what you were getting, but not in the way that you knew what you were getting with an DC album, you know, I kind of want to clarify that so yeah it's really kind of the tale of two bands that just but it's not it's the same awesome band that really ruled the 80s yes for our younger listeners the metallica you knew after the black album go back those those first four records very different band and those records still rule for sure for sure for sure what else you got
3: well
0: if if I pick one last one, um, it's gonna be anthrax, and this may or may not be blasphemy as well. Um, it's gonna be persistence of time.
1: Okay, that was with Megaforce, but also were, Island. They being, yeah, they were being distributed by Island. Yeah. Okay, all right.
0: Yeah, so still still Megaforce distributed by Island, but I mean that was spraying the disease to persistence. So, um, but Persistence of Time was the album that was the one I didn't get the first listen through. Oh, okay. And I had to listen and listen and listen. And honestly, thanks to a friend who, when I listened to it and I didn't like it, he's like, oh, I'm so proud. That means you're maturing. I'm like, well, fuck this. I'm not maturing, you know. And I listened to it so I liked it. But it, it is now my absolute favorite record. And it, it wasn't even close to being unseated until worship music came out ah, because worship music is literally on that same level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I mean like I, I love anthrax. Like I like kiss, you know, I, like, like those two bands for me, just, I yeah yeah
1: huge yeah but. right on right right on like like I I remember they had the the persistence record did really well, so Island threw millions of dollars to anthrax and signed them and re, re and signed them and then Belladonna left they brought Bush in the following record kind of did okay and then after that like anthrax was on their way down yeah. And just, just in terms of fan recognition and said sales and all that, so it was just kind of funny. He, he, you know, here the sky's the limit. Here's all this money. Go make us, you know, go make us a ton of money and all that. And it kind of blew up. At the same time, was it Electra? It was Electra that gave Motley Crue a ton of money for them to resign, and oh, then that. Vince Neil leaves Vince Neil leaves John Karabi same story <laughs> and it's just like is this just a coincidence or did Belladonna and Vince Neil get together and said hey let, let, let's let wait till we sign the contract and then we're gonna fuck everybody
0: <laughs> that would be the great rock
1: and roll Christmas conspiracy <laughs> what? What? oh I'm spreading misinformation here <laughs> We're <laughs> the, the, the new thing going around the internet on all the all all the all all the metal Facebook groups and all that is is how it was a conspiracy between between Neil and Belladonna to bring down the record industry from the inside by leaving their bands.
0: I still blame Motley Crue for starting the the pandemic. We were fine till they announced they were going to come out of retirement.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, if anyone's going to bring diseases with them, I'm sure it would be Molly Crew. Right? <laughs> Slayer yeah,
0: yeah. retires. Molly Crew comes out of retirement. The world goes to hell. That's I it. don't find that as a coincidence.
1: I don't think so either. No, no. One uh, of my all time favorite songs since you brought up Kiss. Yeah. Okay. One of my all time favorite songs is Freely Comics Rock Soldiers. Like I remember the last time I mentioned this on the show, and you weren't too familiar with it. Did you ever go back and listen to this?
3: No, I'm still not. Like, I love
0: I love Kiss, mm -hmm. but um, and I've been watching the Beatles documentary, and so this is a great comparison. But Kiss to me is like the Beatles; they're better together. Oh, okay. And, And honestly, like, Kiss, you have to have Gene and Paul. And then two players that are sober and can take it. Um, (laughs) That's that's really what I need. Because, like, Ace... I love Ace. Without Ace, we wouldn't have most of the the great guitarists that we have. Because, I mean, the Beatles inspired one generation to pick up guitar. Kiss inspired the next generation to pick up guitar, right? For sure. And I I love Ace, but just... He, he just didn't have it. You know, he, okay. didn't, he, okay. he He wanted to party. He didn't have the, the rock star work ethic. He had the rock oh. star party gene.
1: Well, I'm going to give you a bit of homework. Check out Rock Soldiers, the first single off the debut record from Freely's Comet from Megaforce, which that was really surprising because we we're so used to Megaforce. It's all thrash, you know, and death and just just all the hardcore and all that. To see, like, really? Ace Freely on Megaforce? Okay, this is this is actually kind of cool. The song Rock Soldiers is a very autobiographical song, you know, as it's he's basically talking about himself as he's drinking and driving, slipping and sliding, drinking and driving, bringing me closer to hell. Okay, and it's just, the song gave me chills. That's pretty good. Okay, yeah, yeah, and it's just, it's about that moment in his time in in his life this song will also be important to mrs snowy and i because before before we even got together okay she was kind of crushing on me for about a good year okay before we kind of really sat down and got to got to know know one another and all that she heard this song and she said to, she said to herself, and she confessed this to me after we got together. She said, I'll bet you anything that Snowy would really like this song. Little did she know at the time, I was just gushing for this song. So after that, we, you know, Freely's Comet and some of Ace, Ace's uh, solo stuff, like the Trouble Walking record, those are records that we bonded over. And we would still enjoy today. So Ace Freely's Rock Rock Soldiers, the song from Meg- Megaforce Records. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And finally, before we kind of move on here, uh, Mr. Johnny Zazula himself. He cut a song. Okay, not, not that he's a gifted instrument, you know, It's not that he's a gifted artist or anything, but just for something for fun, he christened himself the Lone Rager. Okay, and he came up with a song called the Metal Rap. Okay, now, they got to remember, this is about 87, 88, or whatever, and Run DMC and the Beastie Boys were kind of putting rap on the map at the time. And just for fun, you know, he developed this persona, wrote this cool rap song, which basically put over every metal band at the time just how great they are. More homework: look up Lone Rage Ragers, the metal rap. I that's, feel like, that's like I've j- heard
0: of this, but I don't remember oh, well, heard the song.
1: Okay, well, you have to go back. You you have to listen to this. I finally like. I, I had it on a like it was it was available on a it was really only available um when it first when it first came out just as a single and it was a track on the From the Vaults Megaforce compilation album I believe that's what I, it was I had it on cassette and all that but nowhere did I find the on on as in single form on vinyl back then, I couldn't find it anywhere, so I was kind of happy to have it on cassette. Well, last year, through Brad and Eye and Ear Control, uh, one of the dudes, Chris Hanna from Propagandy, and I talked about this on the show. He was he was selling a bunch of his old vinyls through Brad, and one of them was the original Metal Rap single. 12 inch single. I think I shelled out like 20 bucks for it, but it's just oh, it was so worth it. It was so worth it. And I'm just I'm just glad it means more now that I was able to find this awesome song, this awesome single when I did. And all that now that Mr. Zazula has left us. So we wanna thank you. Thank you, sir. For all that you did in helping like, shape our young metal minds to the, um, to the proud, well-respected, and upstart metal citizens that we are today. I'm sure, I'm sure he would really appreciate that. When did you first discover WKRP in Cincinnati?
0: As a kid, I was watching with my parents.
1: Hmm. Hmm. I can't. I. I. I don't know if I was there right from the first episode. Like, of course, I've seen the first episode in syndication and all. Because that was the amazing thing about this show: four seasons. Okay, and that and, th- and that was it. And they probably could have went on to do like another eight or another ten. Okay, because the show was just so big, but then they just decided for whatever reason, you know what, we're going to wrap it up here. It went into syndication and I'm sure their reruns are still on some channels happening some way, shape or form. So, yeah, I discovered it. I I, I don't know exactly when, but yeah, when it first came out, because it ran from 78 to 82, I believe, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah, I remember every it was a Monday night it was that where it was aired in in our neck of the woods and all that so yeah, just watching it with the parents and all that and looking forward to it and all that because I was I was becoming a music fan and I was listening to the radio all the time, and it kind of you it, you kind of felt it kind of gave you a little bit of a glimpse you know, behind the mic, you know, and I'm sure it's really exaggerated. We should get a professional DJ on the show just to see how close this, you know, the WKRP shenanigans, if any of that actually goes on and just how close to real life it is. It's, it, it's, it's probably if Spinal Tap, you know, was a parody of a band Okay, WKRP is probably the spinal tap of radio.
0: Yeah, but I also believe that more of that stuff happened than we realize. Cause I know what went on at my Radio Shack.
1: <laughs> okay. No. No, no doubt. No doubt. No, no. One one of the strengths that WKRP did have is they tackled issues. Yes. You you know it wasn't all like uh, There's so many stupid sitcoms It was all about the main characters Relationships Yes. Okay that's when that 70s show You know as much as I loved that show And I watched it all the way to the bitter end Once they started Once they got away from the idea Of the show and then just focused on Their relationships and all that That's when they kind of lost Kind of lost me with that WKRP never went Took the cheap route, you know, they always kind of hinted that Johnny and Bailey had something. They were secretly attracted to one another and all that. They went on the odd date and all that, but they never pulled the trigger and made it all about their stupid relationship. They kept the original vision of that show to what it is. And it, it worked. And I'm actually kind of surprised that it was, it retained its popularity despite trying to educate (laughs) you know because you know once you once you want to once you want to educate you know then you're kind of moving away from just what's going to make you successful they found they found that wicked combination one of the moments i'll never forget of course well none of these do i every i have i have the box set i have the dvd box set I watch I binge it all, and you i I have an annual binge of them and all that, so I, I I know the series quite well, and if you're gonna have a conversation about your favorite moments, you gotta go with the moment of the format change. <laughs> <laughs> when old Andy Travis came in and he had a pile of records for Dr. Johnny and said, You know what? we're gonna go with the format change today. really? well, I don't have any records. Well, here you go. And of course, at the beginning of this episode, you know, I parodied, you know, the transition from Johnny Caravella to Dr. Johnny Fever over the air, complete with booger. <laughs>
3: that, oh,
0: that, that was just such an iconic scene. And even leading up to it, when, you know, he's basically just comatose and numb, Right,
3: uh-huh
0: and and when he's like pantomiming to the classical music
3: mm-hmm. and and
0: just the look of anguish on his face, because I, I feel like anybody today with a job they can't stand identifies with that, you know?
1: Oh, for sure. this th- this is something that I've said many times in casual conversation with people. like all, 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 all these current pop stations, okay. And if they have a DJ, like, is 45 and older, okay, like, you gotta know, like, that guy is an old-time rocker. Like, when he goes home, he's not listening to Beyonce or that Billy English chick or whatever. English Billy English. Okay. (laughs) Stop spreading
0: misinformation.
1: (laughs) Misinformation, yeah, yeah. Like, he's not listening to that stuff when he goes home. He's listening to Zeppelin. He's listening to Neil Young. You know he's <laughs> not he's, know. Spotify. He's not No <laughs> Spotify. He's not, but he's he's an old time rocker like Johnny Fever was. So like um, I, 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 I I I have can't help but think, well, like you mentioned him, pantomiming to all that to the old classical music and all that that, that he's forced to play. There's old time rocker DJ. Just ah, this fucking stuff. Yeah. Oh, if I play one more Avila Ravine song, I'm going to go out of my fucking head. Well, dudes, you kind of, you know, you you signed up for it. (laughs) You know, you could be a real DJ and do it pirate style, kick it independent. The wild blue yonder, shall we say. So, yeah, the, 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 the format change is something I'll always, um, I'll always remember, obviously. Um, we talked about how they addressed issues yeah. at the time. And w- while the show was being filmed and while it was on the air, the Who tragedy in Cincinnati happened. Yes. When, uh, what was it, 1979? At Riverfront Stadium, the Who had you know a big stadium show. And unfortunately 11, 11 kids got trampled. Yeah,
0: trampled to death.
1: Yeah. yeah, to death. And it was it was a real thing. I remember okay, as a kid hearing about it. It's like holy shit, how does how is this possible? Like, do I even want to go? I had never been to a concert by then, okay, my first one hadn't happened. But it's like holy shit, I'm not going to a show if you know, I'm gonna get trampled.
0: Now, the irony of that snowy is that now you go to a show to trample people.
1: <laughs> now, now because you got the, yeah, you 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 got the pits. Exactly. You, know? you 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 got friendly trampling.
3: <laughs> you know. So,
1: yeah, it was it was and it worked it worked so well because it was in Cincinnati.
3: Yeah. That
1: this that this happened and it's just a really really sad coincidence that you know, that's where this show was based. And it just the just the way it worked out that episode today still it, it pulls at the ticker. It oh, really yeah. does. It it really does. Uh, you that know.
0: one in the Thanksgiving episode.
1: Oh, the turkey drop. <laughs> you know, what? every 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 Thanksgiving. OK, my my Facebook timeline is just inundated with memes about it. <laughs> it you know it's just god is it my just,
0: witness i swore turkeys, I, could fly. I
1: turkeys could fly even as a kid okay i knew damn well there's just some birds penguins ostriches turkeys some birds don't fly and as a kid i was like god carlson how fucking stupid could you be <laughs> you know and this is this is a 10 year old saying this about an adult male dude <laughs> you know how do you not know this
0: the best was les Nessman with the news copter, right oh yeah <laughs> the traffic on the 404 today you know <laughs> that's
1: right that's right pounding his chest and all that yeah i thought when you mentioned Nessman, i thought you were going to mention when uh, when the when the turkeys were hitting the ground and he went, oh, the humanity. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, oh, my God, because that's what when the Hindenburg was going down yeah. and it was being filmed, the news broadcaster went, oh, the humanity. And when they went there with that, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that they did that. But I'm so glad they did. That worked so well. Oh yeah, yeah. so oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that is a tradition now. You know, as you know, foot football and the Survivor Series for the pro wrestling world and all that. Those are, are. Um, I think Survivor Series is still a Thanksgiving Ball, ballpark around there. Those are those are traditions, obviously. I think watching that episode is a tradition for people now today. And rightfully so. I know I slap it on. Speaking about pro wrestling. Yeah. One of, the, one of the episodes, I think it was the final, the season finale of episode two or season two or three. With the, they had the Sunday morning televangelist. That it was one of those one off characters that you only saw the one time when they needed a story because he was only there in there Sunday morning. And he was basically there just to hawk all of his really, really cheesy religious toys. You know, like I don't know off my head, but John the Baptist plates.
3: <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
1: Like really, really bad stuff like that. And yeah, he had yeah. the three hymns he had the three choir singers and all that and he was a former professional wrestler this guy turned televangelist well i guess audio evangelist i guess you'd want to call it and that was a thing back then as well like you go you drive down south like the only thing you could probably hear on the radio at the time and probably a lot of areas now is nothing but sunday morning evangelists
3: yeah
0: that's a really good point
1: you know and like there was a lot of that little did we know like years and it really wasn't that long after that when the televangelists they all started getting busted for all their shit i have sinned okay buddy no you got caught okay you know but so that was just another another way that they dealt with issues at the time. And as a pro wrestling fan, I absolutely loved, okay, they name dropped the name Haystacks Calhoun. Okay. Okay, Because Haystacks was, he was this big, big overweight wrestler that nobody can slam. And the fact that Venus said, oh, no, no, I'm not talking to him. Okay, I saw him slam Haystacks Calhoun. And I thought, you know, as a kid, it's like, oh, my God, then this guy must really be a badass. And he was until they threatened to get the IRS. The only way that they could take this former pro wrestler out is through the IRS because they were going to have him audited.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: He wasn't paying taxes on all of his crap.
3: <laughs> you
1: know, so. So, yeah, that episode was a lot of fun. And it was just another example of how they. They. Dealt with an issue, but made it entertaining. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? What are you?
0: My all-time favorite episode, and I know I've talked about this already on this show, will always, always, always be when they bring in the state trooper to <laughs> demonstrate the effects of alcohol on the body uh-huh. and Johnny Fever's reflexes get quicker.
1: With every drink, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah! What a great day it was for Venus.
0: Oh my goodness, so
1: okay, good. because he, he he went on the air. He got paid to drink at work. You know. <laughs> He he was on the air getting hammered, and it and it was all good. And I know you and I, we've done this, we've done that, we've oh, had yeah. little, we've had a little too much while we were recording.
0: Every time I had dragon smoke,
1: <laughs> and and like just ah uh, living the dream, <laughs> having a couple belts at work like that, ah uh, and getting getting paid for it, and it was all right, and it's it just yeah, it just it just kinda of poked not I don't want to say poked fun, but it 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 brought to light like fever, like Feverhead said, Yeah, well it used to be a hobby of mine.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: you know. So I've kind of built this this tolerance. Yeah, that episode never gets tired, never gets old. Their very first concert that they uh, that WKRP had put on they brought in Scum of the Earth.
3: <gasps>
0: yes! <laughs> oh, I forgot about that one.
1: Oh, uh, uh, well, that, that was absolutely fantastic because it, they, they had the real bait and switch about the band. Yeah, they were called Scum of the Earth. Okay. And nope, they're not punk rock, they're hoodlum rock. They develop their own little subgenre because they like to physically attack their fans and all that. But the way they spoke and carried themselves, like they were proper British. They had they they had the suits on while they were in the studio and they're talking. You know, they're having their tea and they're what's the word I'm looking for? Well they're trying to they're 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 trying to be proper and all that but then once they actually go on the air their true personalities come
3: out
1: <laughs> of course of course it, it the whole episode ends up they refuse to go on because they haven't been treated well while they were there so it took a physical altercation between Venus, Andy and Fever you're not going on okay well we say you are going on. <laughs> and, and then you see them kind of square off and then the next time you see our boys they've got bandages on their head and on their fists <laughs> you could tell you could tell they were in a real fight and it was just uh, it was an amazing episode Michael Desbars Michael Debars he uh, had a um, he played dog from on scum of the Earth Man. Yeah, which he would come back later for the new WKRP and have a mainstay character on on that, one of the DJs. So that was a kind of a nice little nod with that. And finally another one that I really dug here because we, we should get I know you're probably chomping at the bit to get in tonight's indie spotlight, but um The episode, I think it was, yeah, they went out the second season. It was another um, season finale episode um, where they tried to get censored. They were contacted by an organization called Curb clean up radio broadcasting. Yes. Where it, was, it was basically a bunch of religious people that are trying to get rock and roll off the air. And of course it became a big subject of free enterprise versus democracy where, and I'm not going to get into everything because everyone would know where I came, where I would come out on this. But the head honcho behind Curb, a reverend, would come in and try to get them to take certain songs. At, f- at first, it was just a list of songs, you know, that have a naughty word or the idea behind it. Can you not play these songs? And Carlson caved. Right. Okay. Well, they got another list. And Tr- Andy Travis was like, hey, wait a minute. We haven't played any of these songs yet so they're just looking to just get music just in general band something that that they don't like you know
0: this is the one where they read the lyrics to john lennon's imagine
1: imagine yeah yeah and as it turned out he made the valid point of like just one person is deciding for everyone and that was something that they were against. How how one person, how this, this, this organization actually believed that they had a right that if there was like a horror movie playing in their local theater, they had a right to get it out of the theater. And then it's like, no, that's not right. You have every right to say, I don't like this. I'm not going to this movie. Okay. But to get it out okay that's wrong it was the same thing kind of with tipper tipper and the whole pmrc and all that you know that's another thing that they kind of foretold this episode was pre-pmrc and you know history you know art art imitated life yeah you know or life, life life imitated art so, yeah, those were kind of my my favorite um, episodes. But I'm going to quickly mention, though, um, the two-part episode, which Do- Johnny Fever, of course, very, very anti-disco, when justifiably <laughs> so. Right. Okay. <laughs> and that was an ongoing gag with it and all that. Well, he got hired to host a, a dance TV program. Okay, and he thought he was just going to be himself. He thought he was just going to be Doctor Fever. He's going to play some rock and roll songs. Kids are going to dance. Well, yeah. no, they wanted it all discoed up, and they wanted him to dress up like one of the I don't know, like some disco roller roller blader, roller skater. Shall we, <laughs> shall we say? And it, he just it was terrible. So in order to counteract. Instead of being Johnny, Johnny fever when he was on this TV show, because now he was contractually obligated to be on it. There's no way he was going to get his ass suit off. So he invented riptide. Oh, yes. And he was eventually he didn't know if he was Johnny fever one day or if he was riptide the next. And they had two very, very different personalities.
0: Yes. I remember was, that
1: one. Yeah. There are times, okay, like I'm not going to use my slave name and all that on the show. But there are, there are times where I can be like, okay, who, who am I here? You know, am, am, am I this guy or am I Snowy? I mean, it, not to that extent that Fever went through. Okay, but it's to the point now where you know, if even if, if I'm out, if I'm out in the the real world when I'm at work if someone was to say snowy, I would answer okay, but I would also be like no, no, that's I'm not snowy here. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. I don't want snowy here. Snowy is for the cool people. Snowy is for my listeners. Snowy is for Aaron. Snowy is for when I'm out at shows. And and all that. Don't you be calling me Snowy when I'm out in the real world. No, no. So I could kind of... I could really relate to that episode. And they addressed the issue of selling out. Okay. he He got signed into this contract. And for money... And, you know, a case can be made that he kind of sold out. And fortunately, fortunately, at the end of the episode, he kind of did the right thing and walked and they kind of left it left it at that. But it was it's a great, really well written, too. And it just it showcased Hesseman's uh, acting range. Because he was schizophrenic. He was practically schizophrenic. It was yeah. absolutely unbelievable.
0: Well, And, yeah. and that was a thing that was coming more into the light. Like mental illness in the 80s started becoming not mainstream is not the right word. But they're starting to finally bring awareness and accept it. I think mm-hmm. is the better thing to say. Right. Right.
1: And, and now, it's, now it's, it's through the roof. Yeah. You know, which is good.
0: Well, I mean, now it's practically a requirement to be a politician.
1: Oh, yeah. But, um,
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that's right. a whole other thing.
1: So this is in case anyone's wondering, like, why would you, because normally our dedications are for metal, metal musicians or people within the industry. But uh, like I said, without Dr. Johnny Fever, there would be no radioactive metal. As well, you know... Howard Hesseman, okay. Um Spinal Tap. Oh yeah. Yeah, he had that role as the oh, what what the hell was it? He? he was some rep re- he was a record executive or something and he was just just he just that fucking guy in the industry that just uh you know, like you and the way he played it okay was perfect. He, he he had it down perfect, and the fact that it was how it was Hesem Doctor Johnny playing this completely different character, it just is like wow. <laughs> this really shows his chops. Did you ever watch Head of the Class?
0: Oh, I loved Head of the Class.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was kind of real. It was okay. Did you ever watch um, Welcome Back, Carter?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I loved Welcome Back, Carter too. Yeah.
1: Head head of the class was kind of the the reverse yes. of Welcome Back, Carter because Carter you had the kids in the the remedial class head of the class were all the brainiacs yeah and all the geniuses and Mister Moore who um, Hesseman played like like the teacher that's he played that's what it's another character. You love Dr. Johnny Fever, but Charlie Moore, he's the type of teacher that you wanted to have. Like, he oh, was cool. Absolutely. He was cool, but he was smart. And he is just someone that you wanted to be a part of your educational experience. We did, in high school, I, I had teachers like Charlie Moore, and I had some teachers that, uh, if strangling, you know, <laughs> one of my uh, one of my regrets in life is uh, there's a couple teachers I didn't strangle. <laughs> OK, but on the same token, I'm sure there were a couple teachers that, um, you know, would probably say the same thing about me. It's like, ah, oh, I just would have strangled that fucking guy. Yeah. yeah, 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 so, yeah, that's kind of our tributes. This is our tale of two johnnies. Thank you both guys for everything you did and for helping shape radioactive metal. Why don't we get into a couple songs here? Because, like I said, you're kind of chawn at the bit here to get to the indie spotlight. I'm gonna go I want to go with an exciter song. Okay, let's go back. Let's go even free mega force when you're talking about you know the the in the the truly truly independent days exciter's debut demo tape let's go with one of the tracks from them this is exciter manitoba metal fest this may may 13th come come check it out have a couple beers with snowy and enjoy exciter this is world war three To do an MOD song, but I wanted to give a shout out to a good friend of the show, Mister Tim McMurtry, who a couple years ago we had him on and just gave his his two cents on just on the whole MOD thing, the New York hardcore, and what he was doing leading up to that. And that that project was the MOD classic, what they. What they called this new incarnation of MOD Which included one Felix Griffin from DRI on, uh, on drums So we were really excited for that project And that was the Thrash King Really, really cool stuff Which I don't think MOD Classic exists anymore but mr mcmurtry is still busy within the new york hardcore scene various different projects and all that so we got to have him on again at the very least just to sit back and i don't know talk about whatever the hell his little heart desires to talk about because he's such a cool guy something that's also really cool is tonight's indie spotlight
2: We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this indie spotlight.
1: So, last night as we speak, I was kind of pissing around on Bandcamp. This one time on Bandcamp, which we totally forgot to mention. Well, okay, we weren't around the last the last couple of weeks, but today as we speak, Okay, is Bandcamp Friday so I hope yeah. everyone did the right thing sent some bands a couple shekels bought some awesome new music while I was pissing around on Bandcamp I discovered this awesome new band at least new to us I immediately thought of you I got on the horn I said dude check out this band trust me and I, I think i' done good what do you say
0: well next time you send that um i would appreciate don't listen with the kids around
3: <laughs> okay
0: because i'm like and rightly so the name of the band is swearwolf so i should have had the foresight as a parent but nope what am I doing at six in the morning? Like <laughs> blasting Swearwolf. One, two, <laughs> fuck you. So, um, yeah, yeah, that that was good. And finally, like, and I'm like, okay, how bad is it going to be? Again, it's early. Common sense has left me. Um, yeah, it's called Swearwolf. That's yeah, yeah. Like, it's just going to keep going. But um, I absolutely love this band. We're going to play the title track, Swearwolf. Um. This is their first full length, I guess, but just uh, we need to get these people on the horn and talk to them mm-hmm. because the album cover is well, it's mugshots, and it's it's almost it's man, it's it's almost like a luchador mask kind of wolf, <laughs> you know, right? But with with the whole um, lineup, you know, kind of thing. But what really got me is I'm just like you know taking it all in, taking the art in, and then I start reading the bands. Swearwolf, uke, vocals. Oh, so, mm-hmm. so wait a second. Do I have it? Is swear so? Oh, hang on. I think I got this right now. Hang on. Okay, so Swearwolf is plays the ukulele and the vocals, and then there's Eric von Wolfstein on bass and <laughs> vocals. Inga the she wolf on keys and vocals, and then Johnny the snare wolf on drums.
1: <laughs> right on, yeah.
2: I
0: absolutely love it, dude. It's so much fun! Right so on. much fun, yeah. So, with no further ado, this is Swear Wolf. <laughs>
3: ¡Fuego! ¡Fuego! ¡A
0: Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was SwearWolf. Go to swearwolf666.bandcamp.com. SwearWolf. You will not be disappointed. Unless, of course, you don't (laughs) like swearing. Then you probably will be disappointed.
1: (laughs) No, no. I certainly, certainly was not disappointed in myself. Excellent, excellent. Good stuff, good stuff. Before we get on out of here... Though we should probably say thank you and horns up to one Meatloaf who also left us, yeah, recently as well. Now with with one of the things, okay, even before I had even heard a single Meatloaf song, the album cover to Bat Out of Hell, okay, always made me think like, holy shit! Well, like, what is this? This is one of those crazy metal bands. Uh, And and all that. This is well. What kind of weird name is Meatloaf Or something like this, though? And the, you know, that was my first exposure. Okay, now to hear, you know, Paradise by the Dashboard Light and all that. I was like, that's Meatloaf. Yeah. This is that big scary metal band. What? What? What's going on here? You know. And it was the same thing with um, Molly Hatchet.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Like they're. Those are total Man of War covers. Yes. <laughs> Just, you know? So that's got to be some brutal metal or whatever. And then you you hear and it, It's like this southern rock and all that, which is good. I love Molly Hatchet, But, uh, yeah, very, very, very misleading.
0: Well, you know, and it's funny talking about the album covers because I remember seeing the Battle of the Hill album cover and everybody talked about it. It, it always looked so heavy. And then... Um, a friend drove me home from school one day. And she's like, oh, yeah, we're going to play Meatloaf." And so she had the Bad Out of Hell album, which I'd never heard until that moment.
1: Okay.
0: And I'm like, oh. And, it, you know, it's it's really funny. Like, it's, it's great music. Meatloaf can sing like nobody else. And it's funny, you know? Uh-huh. And so I just remember hearing this. I'm like, oh, yeah. But I – that <sighs> – That entire album, right? Because that's the iconic album. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I know every song almost no for note, you know. Because I mean, like, we were joking around before it started, we're like, I want you, I need you, but there's no way, you know, no way I'm ever going to love you. And (laughs) uh, like, so many times, I can't remember what we were doing at work, but um, we had like two out of three things. I'm like, well, gentlemen, like Meat Love said, two out of three ain't (laughs) bad. We're we're going for it,
1: you know i sorry, I'm just kind of picturing You and this young lady in the car You know, when that song comes on
0: Which, 2 out of 3 ain't bad, or <laughs> no, Paradise?
1: No, Paradise <laughs> Oh, she, no,
0: she played Paradise for me
1: Okay, oh yeah, but just There yeah. was no kind of, like, because of what that song is about Oh, and no you're dr- driving in the car Like, you didn't kind of well, have that moment Where you're like, oh
3: Oh, no, uh, no,
1: no So oh.
0: She was actually oh, yeah. my very first girlfriend when we were like 11. Right. Oh. Okay. And 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 we we're so and we we just stayed that very close friends, right? So we were really close friends and she was also a virgin till she was 23 or 4. Oh shit. Uh yeah. Yeah, so man, 20 Good. possibly 25 now that I think yeah. about it. Um which I remember having having that like that realization when you know because she brought the conversation to me and that's a whole nother story for another day that the things that women have always just felt they need to tell me they want to talk to me about their virginity their first time in their period on a regular basis oh,
1: yeah. i've heard that not just from my wife and all that but yeah. just from female friends and all that and you're you kind of smile and you know like oh i have no problem and, with it i'm like and, tell me yeah, more okay what's yeah, going on yeah, like it's it's yeah, but it's not so, like like it's Saturday, it's Friday night and we're having drinks. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know if I wanna like let's talk about this Sunday so, afternoon. No.
0: Like I'll talk about it anytime. <laughs> don't be a don't be a sissy dude. Come on. <laughs> like, come on. Like, th- no,
3: this
0: this this hard. bothers me, right? This this bothers me worse than people like like that get upset over like pronouns or whatever else, right? Like, like if you want to talk about the thing that, that you know, c- because everybody likes to like toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity is somebody that can't buy tampons, can't buy pads and can't oh, talk I about can a period. Oh,
1: I do that. I've done that. That's right? no problem. No problem.
0: L- like, like for, for for the love, dude, like if you are going to stick your dick in there, you need to be able to talk about all of it.
1: Oh, for sure. All for right? sure. But like. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do it Friday night when ah. I'm having a couple of drinks. Like yes. I said, I'll do I'll do it Sunday afternoon.
0: If you are a supportive friend, spouse, lover, whatever, you will talk about it whenever it needs to be spoken about.
3: Okay, Of
1: course. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like I said, I would listen, you know, and. Yeah,
0: but you still sound like you're slightly uncomfortable. It never bothered me. I was always more well, like, wow, really? That's it, going it,
1: on? I'm not, I'm you know. not, un- it wasn't uncomfortable. It's just not what I wanted to talk about on that yeah. night.
0: Well, and, and this particular girl speaking of periods, like we, cause I think we were actually talking about her period on the way home when this song came on, because <laughs> she was telling me about the fact that like she goes an entire summer without getting her period. And
3: okay. a- again, she
0: wasn't worried cause she wasn't having sex. Right. So she, she had no, no reason for alarm. She's like, honestly, I like it. I don't have to worry about it for a few months. It's great. <laughs>
1: You know, wow. hey, that yeah. that's that's how women are so like we the fairer sex. I don't think so. Women have the kind of strength that guys. We 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 can't possibly have. Yes, we yeah. can lift up heavy things and yes, we can open the pickle jar that they're having problems with. But imagine, OK, a a guy gets sick. He's down. OK. Oh yeah, he's he's down for the count. A woman gets sick and she's like, "Well, I still have to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this." Yeah. Okay. Imagine men, men, men menstruating. Forget it. The, humanity would die. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. For sure. You know. <laughs> sure. You know, it, so, <laughs>
0: so that goes along. And there's a comedian and uh, her name escapes me, but she has a um a special on Netflix called War Paint. So just okay. just search War Paint and All right. the the routine. She's basically talking about you know like like dating and stuff. She's like, "This is a push up bra. It's body armor. This isn't makeup. It's War
2: Paint. Let's make a baby. You
0: there know, you <laughs> it's, it's just it's great, right? right but yeah. But anyway, yeah. Like like that's when I first heard um, Meatloaf was you know this girl that I was really good friends of, and um. Actually, she may have actually ridden me and my girlfriend Home was it the same day I
1: yeah. I don't know dude I wasn't there
0: I can't believe you weren't <laughs> You know As okay. okay. many parallels as we have dude But um but yeah You know like that's the first time I ever heard Meatloaf I and mean, I didn't know it and it, It's one of those things that once you hear it The songs are so infectious
3: mm-hmm.
0: Like you just can't um You can't give it up
1: Right on right on well Let's put a period on this episode. I see what you did there. That was pretty terrible. Uh, (laughs) It It definitely is. Last year, um, we dropped a track from the latest release from uh, the trad metal band Solicitor. Like Pupil Slicer, they've already followed up this year with a brand new two-song single, All Debts on Death. Let's go out side one track what well, the one track side one this is solicitors with killer for hire how can uh, people get a hold of us well dear
0: snowman facebook.com slash rad metal instagram at rad metal 666 drop us a line rad metal 666 at gmail.com check us out on itunes check us out anywhere you can find a podcast We are proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, and um, that's where you can find us and not Neil Young on Spotify. On
1: Spotify. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We might have to pull this show from Spotify.
0: Um, No, we support free speech, whether (laughs) we agree with it or not. We support dialogues, you know. So, um, oh, but breaking news. Um, I did just hear that Millie Vanilli is pulling somebody else's music from Spotify.
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah. For sure, for sure, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, also the Polka King of the Midwest. Um, he was going <laughs> to pull his music. That's,
1: that's right.
0: There's somebody, there's another fictitious artist I can't remember now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right on. Yeah. in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a tale of two johnnies episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white
0: and this is aaron
1: signing off booger